I'm Tisha Bader and in the news, as we celebrate the beginning of Hanukkah at the end of a year with anti-Semitic incidents and in particular with anti-Semitic rhetoric on the rise, public menorah lightings across the country are delivering a special message and shining a light in more ways than one. Shine a Light is the name of a platform for organizations, companies, and individuals to come together in shining a light on anti-Semitism, inspired by the Hanukkah story. And the culminating event took place tonight, Monday, December the 19th, in the heart of New York City in Times Square, with dozens of notable guest speakers and performers taking part. We taped this interview at the end of last week, just a few days prior to tonight's Shine a Light event. Speaking with one of the organizers, co-sponsor UJA Federation of New York's Hindi Pupko, and with one of the performers from the event, rapper Nisim Black. Hindi Pupko is UJA's Deputy Chief Planning Officer. She joins us now from New York. Hindi, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So tell us about Shine a Light. How did this initiative begin and what is it aiming to do? Sure. Thank you so much again for having this conversation. So last summer, um, a bunch of us, and when I say a bunch of us, I mean Jewish professionals working at Jewish organizations, professionals working at foundations, um, were talking about how we needed a new way to speak to the outside world about anti-Semitism and to educate allies and other communities about what, what anti-Semitism is all about because we understood that actually people just weren't quite getting it. Um, so we engaged a branding firm and people who are expert at communications. And we came up with this banner, this sort of galvanizing call, shine a light, calling on companies, public schools, different sectors of American life to use the month of December or whenever Hanukkah falls out to shine a light on anti-Semitism. And that's really what this initiative is all about, reaching out to communities outside of our own to educate them about what anti-Semitism is. And Hanukkah really is like such a perfect vehicle or, or inspiration. I know um, you write about this on the, um, the Shine a Light website, but not only to stand and say, we're here, we survived, and, and the story of Hanukkah, of this, of this uh, victory of, of few over many and this miracle, but also to make this public Hanukkah menorah lighting to take a stand against anti-Semitism and to educate. Can you talk about that a bit and, and about the Times Square event? I know there are events all over the country taking place yeah. like this. So, so you're exactly right. What we're trying to do is a both end, right? On the one hand, anti-Semitism is a very serious topic. It's not a cheery topic. And we don't want our conversations about anti-Semitism and our asking of others to call it out to define our Jewishness. And we love the notion of leaning into Hanukkah because I believe it allows us a very organic way to do the serious with the pride at the same time. So at the Times Square event, what you'll see is both very serious conversation about the way in which hate crimes have increased across the country and particularly in New York, the way in which people who are visibly Jewish have been harassed in all kinds of ways and in ways that we haven't seen in a long time. 
And at the same time, our message is, but wait, that doesn't mean we stay inside. Quite the opposite. What these moments compel us to do is to light the menorah outside, to be present and proud and public about our Jewishness, and not just to light the menorah in our windows, but to go to Times Square, perhaps one of the most public stages in the world, and light a giant menorah and declare that we will not allow anti-Semitism to define us and that we will continue to celebrate and practice our Judaism in public. And you mentioned there are Jewish organizations and also not Jewish organizations that are part of this effort. What's been the response? What, what's the sort of the, the feeling that you're getting when you reach out to people and to organizations about this effort? Honestly, the response has been tremendous. We reached out um, alongside many of our partners to everyone we know and every company under the sun. And we say to them, will you join us? Will you host a training on anti-Semitism? Will you just send us your logo and tweet something out about China Light in December? And we have been overwhelmed um, and frankly quite moved by the response of the non-Jewish world to this effort. You have you know, basketball, football, soccer, these major league teams signing on. How can we help? What can we do? And we have been going company by company, sometimes in Zoom, sometimes in person, doing critically important trainings on anti-Semitism that have never happened before. And the response has been, wow, I never quite understood it that way. And I think we as a community didn't quite understand how complicated anti-Semitism is for outsiders to get it because it functions differently than other forms of hate. So it's not just been sort of a cosmetic sign on, but deep and important conversations and trainings have been taking place in companies across the country. And it is so moving because as you said, you know, you have the, the serious topic and the, the, the difficult challenges that the Jewish community has faced in particular this past year with the uptick in anti-Semitism. And then the flip side, and, and perhaps the silver lining, if you will, is how people are stepping up. The voices that mm -hmm. we hear in support saying, we have your back, we're standing with you in solidarity. And often in Judaism, we see, you know, the, 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 the pain and the suffering and the joy and the celebration. It's, it, it goes hand in hand oftentimes. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah, I mean, people often say to me, you know, there's so many Jewish organizations, you know, why aren't you all working together? And I say, we are working together, right? It might not always seem that way from the outside, but I'm on countless WhatsApp groups with professionals from every acronym that you could think of. We are working together. This is an all hands on deck moment. We are working together in profound ways. We understand which, where each organization excels and that's how we're doing it. It's a divide and conquer moment. There's no duplication. We're really working together to achieve collective impact. And that's so important because so often in the Jewish community, we say we don't agree. Everybody has their, yeah. has their political viewpoints. Everyone has their you know, viewpoints on different social issues and yeah. there's a lack of unity, but here's a really good example of the of proof that, that unity is possible and certainly yeah. on this issue. Agree. And I just wanna also um, have you tell us a little bit more about what to expect um, at the event. I know there'll be um, musical performances and of course the lighting of the menorah. How is this all sure. shaping up? We're very excited for Monday night. Um, so if you make it, you'll see the Moshav band, Nissan Black, 
performers from Yiddish Fiddler, um, who have an incredibly moving performance planned, the Ramaz Choir, um, state and city officials will be there and sharing their messages of support. Um, so far, please God, the weather looks okay. Um, so we hope to have a large gathering and a really hopefully uplifting performance and gathering. It sounds wonderful. And we're going to be speaking with Nisim shortly. Um, and you mentioned that the cast of Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish and Joel Gray, which is which is really so exciting. And yeah. um and also events that are happening um, for Hanukkah um, across the country, really. You have things yes. going on in Massachusetts, in um, Kentucky, Georgia. It's very exciting. Yeah, I mean, and I think what's nice about China Light is different communities can tap into it in ways that feel most resonant to them, right? Not every community has a Times Square. So it will be in their town square, in a public park inside a synagogue because maybe it's Minneapolis and it's too cold to go outside, right? So every community has really found a way to make it their own and shape these local events in their image. And what happens after Hanukkah, Hindi? Is there a plan for what yeah. comes next? So one of the funniest questions we get from companies is, am I allowed to do an anti-Semitism training in January? Well, yes, that's allowed. So there are many um, relationships that have been ignited because of Shine a Light. And our intention is to carry those through. So not every corporate calendar enabled a session to take place in December. So we have a whole list of companies that have said, yes, count us in, and they'll take place in January, in February, a corporate retreat in the spring. So nothing stops in December. Rather, we use December as sort of a galvanizing moment and to get a lot of people to say yes, and then we stay on them. Well, Hindi, congratulations to you. And, and I know there are so many organizations yes. that, as you said, have come together for this common goal, Jewish and non-Jewish organizations that are partnering. We appreciate each and every one. And um, thank you so much for, for getting this off the ground and um, for joining us here on JBS. Thank you for having me. Hindi Pupko is Deputy Chief Planning Officer for the UJA. We thank her so much for her time. Well, as I mentioned, among the many wonderful performers in the Shine a Light event in Times Square is musical artist, rapper, singer, songwriter, and producer Nisim Black, who also just released a new music video, a collaboration with American Friends of the Israel Philharmonic, especially for Hanukkah. Nisim, thank you so much for being here on JBS. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. So let's start with Shine a Light happening in Times Square. You'll, of course, be performing as an artist, but the event is also making a statement about standing up against anti-Semitism. Is there a message that you're hoping to convey with your performance? Um, well, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is victory. Uh, my, form, my performance all the time is one of, uh, it's very fire-filled, I always say very um, high energy, um, but at the same time, it carries this very deep, deep undertone that uh, is very emotional at the same time. So I think that it's very appropriate for something like this because all those elements have to be discussed when we talk about anti-Semitism. Um, it hits us in places that are very deep and very emotional and in order to combat it, you need a whole lot of fire and you need to be victorious in order to come out on top. So. Um, I think it is very, very important for me to be there. Not only that, it's a great deal of the anti-Semitism that we're combating right now. Um, as a lot of this rhetoric right now has been 
very much so pushed by the African American community, where you know I'm from the African American community as well. So I think it, it's a major statement that needs to be made, and I'm very excited to make it. So important. What has your experience been as far as like how do you respond in particular to words and remarks that are hurtful and hateful that do come from some celebrities, including from the African-American community? How how do you respond or do you respond? You know, I think sometimes when things actually call for me to respond, I will respond. Um, but other times, I think it's just, it's the, you know, it's always been the resilience um, of the Jewish people to stand um, in times of adversity, not necessarily the way that we directly deal with people, but it's sort of like, how do we move as we're going through, you know, um, you know, this type of situation that we've been dealing with has really been going on for several years, but like, I think everything has been coming to, come to a bubble over the last few months and it's been pretty outrageous. I think the biggest thing has always been is like, we're not, we're, we're not victims. We turn vic victimhood into, victor vic into victory. And the way that we do that is by continuing with our resilience, being outstanding. They want to get loud, we get louder, louder with acts of kindness, louder with spreading our light into the rest of the world, louder in terms of doing all the good and all the things that we've been able to do to, to be able to um, improve and add to humanity. I think that that speaks more volumes all the time than sitting back and arguing with the five-year-old. I love that so much, spreading light and being louder with, with acts of kindness than, than, than words that are hurtful. So important. Um, can you talk about have your own experience with anti-Semitism? Have you dealt with it on a personal level? You, you converted to Judaism over 10 years ago. What, what experience have you had, if any, in dealing with that yourself? It was definitely, you know, I've gone on record recently saying that, you know, my last 35 years of my life, in the last 10 years, um, you know, 35 years, of course, obviously being Black or African-American, whatever flavor of words you want to say, I say I'm Black, plus it goes better with my last name. Um, but I've definitely experienced, you know, very minimal r r racism compared to the amount of anti-Semitism that I have in the last 10 years. Um, wow. And it's, it's something that is as mind-blowing because unless you wear both these hats you won't really know the extremity of it and 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 the thing of it is is that because i'm also a public figure so i happen to be more out there that i have to face all of this probably a lot more than what other people have to just like with trolls people online and you know passing by or whatever the case is um so i have to deal with it quite a bit but i think the 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 way that i've been able to deal with it is to, is to keep smiling and just like we said before is to keep spreading that light you know and 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 that's what I know for I, and I thought about so many times and that's the hardest part about it. it's hard to not like go back and forth with people you understand what I mean but what can you what you know I, I haven't seen like that 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 people who are in that in the position of who have taken the stance of hate, I haven't really seen a lot of them change their mind because of the truth, right? And so they, they, they're not generally after truth. It was always something that preceded that hate, hate, and now they have an excuse for why they're able to, you know, spew the hate and everything. They're not looking to be refuted or looking for the truth. 
But I think, like I've always said, the biggest way to silence it is by being louder with the good things that you're doing. That's so beautiful and so true and, and difficult, as you said, to not engage, because I think we all have that instinct like to to defend ourselves, you know, with words or to say, but and to try and prove or disprove. But you're right in that in, in many instances, it, it doesn't really matter. It's not about mm-hmm. the truth or facts, but um, and I think it's it's lovely what you bring to the table and so important for others to see as well. You talk about wearing different hats, which you do incredibly well. Um, I want to talk about this collaboration with American Friends of the Israel Philharmonic and about your music. But first, tell us how this collaboration, um, what it, how it manifested for you with this, with this song, Victory. Awesome. I think they reached out to us uh, a while ago. They had an idea and vision of some way and how we could work together. Um, and I love, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being straight up with you. Like, I love classical music more than what people would even imagine. Like, you know, so I was, I was very honored and flattered, um, really honestly, that they reached out. And um, it, it took a little bit to find what was the right track, what's going to be the right style. It needs to feel like Hanukkah, but I also want it to feel very, uh, something very, like, orchestrated at the same time and, and emotional and real. Um, and uh, the song came about, I was working with a producer, Mikey Muffin. Um, shout out to Mikey, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. Um, and, and we were trying to work with it. I said, man, I need something that screams Hanukkah, you know? Like, I really need something that really screams it. And we, we went through like several tracks. And then one day he like, just WhatsApp to me, like, you know, the skeleton for this. And I'm like, Mikey, this is it, this is it. Um, so, uh, of course, my, my initial thought was like, okay, we're going to get everybody and I'm going to like get the orchestra. I was like, not happening to pull everybody together to be able to do it. So uh, I talked to a good friend of mine, Zeb Becker, who does a great job at orchestrating not only live strings, but also um, synthetic ones. And he does a really good job in blending those two things together. And I said, I need you to sound like the Philharmonic Orchestra, like on this track. So that this can, you know, have the have the feeling of it, and he and he knocked it out, and so um, we presented back to them and says, "Does this feel like us together?" You know, type of thing, and uh, and they loved the song, and um, we um, we uh, reached out to Leron Afuta, who's a really good longtime friend of mine and um, somebody that I work with um, in terms of uh, video production, and uh, and and we tried to come up with like, you know a vision and like anything I came up with, it was like, okay. And I thought like, he was like gonna come back with me, with this, to me with this idea, like with all these different things I said, and it was nothing that I said. He's like, it's boxing ring. <laughs> and he's got like, that was nothing. And I was like, this is so awesome. This is like what you saw this. It was like, no, I just had a better idea. Um, So um, that's sort of what we did. We shot the video and to be honest, like we really turned this video around in like four or five days. Um, from the time that we shot it because we had to get it done because I was going on tour. There was no way I was going to be able to get it done before then. So that's a short version of what happened. I think we're going to play a quick uh, a quick clip. It's much more than just a candlelight Because we've had more than just a little fight In this glory we're victorious The greatest war, look what he did for us Yeah 
we laid it all down and we're still here when they're all gone now smaller numbers but we're strong now we share the news and show the world how we didn't fall down even though i tried to It's so good, Nisim, and I love the boxing ring imagery. And again, your your positive vibe just comes through so strongly and so beautifully in this. And mm-hmm. I know it's doing really well. It's just um, it's been out only for a few days, and it's got a, a whole bunch of views. So here's to many more. Um, I want to talk about your music and how you found a way. Like you said before, you wear many hats, and you. I read something about you saying that, you know, just because you're a Hasidic Jew, that doesn't mean you couldn't bring your entire self to your art form and find a way to marry your faith and your talent. But that's not, I'm sure that wasn't an easy journey for you. How did you figure out that path? Well, you know, all of it is uh, building comfort um, because you know, I, I went from one extreme to the other. Music was my life. It was my everything. It was, you know, all I ever saw myself doing. And, and um, you know, coming and kind of with, you know, I would say at least with my, my God experience, my spiritual experience, um, that, you know, I would say something I fell in love with God and I didn't want anything else in the world. You know, there was nothing else I wanted. I just wanted to grow more spiritually. Um, and so I got into that place where, I had to really ask myself, are you real about this? And the only way that I would have been able to prove to myself and to anybody else that this is, I'm serious about this was to give up music, that which I loved my whole entire, my whole entire being. And that's what I did. I, you know, I was just saying, I took, I took my, my, my Isaac up to go slaughter him. And, 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 and before I could, God himself said, you know what? I need you. I need this gift. I need this talent that you have. Um, and it came about a way I was very, very hesitant in order to really return back to music, uh, which was like in 2013. Um, and everything was a tiptoe experience for me because, you know, we call a spade a spade. Rap has become a very arrogant sport. It's very, it's like the opposite of the humility that I wanted. It's the opposite of that meekness and that small, uh, uh, what would you say, uh, you know, that ableness that, that I wanted to, to be able to achieve. It was a lot harder to be able to say, like, I'm going to get that in rap and all that at the same time. So everything for me was like this tiptoe experience of saying, you know, if I do that, am I still, if I'm still comfortable on my own skin? Am I still feeling like I'm okay? You know, and, and a lot of it's, some of it to some degree is trial and error. I feel like, okay, with this I do feel comfortable, that I don't feel comfortable. So it, it's definitely been one of those things that I've had to work out within myself to make sure that at, at one point I'm contributing and, and doing all that I can in order to, to, to you know, for, for one, to spread God's light. But the other side of that is, is that I'm doing it honest and that I'm being honest with myself. Nobody wants to um, do something and lead a career. It was no difference than, you know, at one point when I was making gangster rap music when I wasn't really a gangster, right? I did that at one point. That wasn't honest to myself. So I paid the repercussion of feeling that that distance from who I was as an artist 
and who I was as a person. And the same thing when I'm flipping around and I'm as a religious figure, it's like, am I still being honest with myself? And so that's one of those battles that you, you know, you have to live with. But, you know, I think that uh, through a lot of prayer meditation, I've been able to balance it very well. Well, I love the fact also that you haven't allowed anyone else or, or the world or society to define who you are or to put you in a box. You know, you're a Hasidic Jew who raps and who writes and who is a man of faith and who sings. And you're creating that for yourself and not letting anyone tell you those things don't go together. You're showing them that actually they really do. And here's mm-hmm. how. Right, right, right. And that's the hardest thing I always say about, you know, the entertainment industry altogether is that, you know, people don't even have ill wills all the time, but everybody thinks that they have the best version of you for you, right? Right. And they, they know it better than what you know of yourself, you know? And you're constantly conflicted with that because it hit with a lot of ideas and things and different things all the time. And you have to really be strong to be able to ask yourself, is that me or is that not really me? So it's a very, very tough task. Very tough. Now you live in Israel, correct? I know you tour all over the world, but you live in Israel. You have seven kids. Yes, I have seven children. Thank God. Amazing. And I read somewhere, is is there some TV show in the works about your life or is that a rumor? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not a rumor. We did okay. a deal with H- yeah, we did a deal with HBO Max. And, uh, wow. And uh, I, I, myself, and Sally, Sally Richardson and Moshe Kasher are underway on a, on a TV series. It's a dramedy. Not a comedy, but a dramedy based on my my life story, and uh, very very excited. So the production should be taking place soon, hopefully. Uh, right now we're still in the script phases, and you know obviously in the casting, but uh, we are we're definitely underway. That's amazing, Nisim, and I hope uh, you'll come back on at some point to talk about the show. We would love to have you back, and so excited mm-hmm. to just watch your star continue to rise and and shine and uh good luck with everything you do down the road thank you so much thank you so much i really appreciate it looking forward thank you nisim and you have the perfect name for hanukkah as well nisim means (laughs) literally miracles so happy hanukkah (laughs) happy hanukkah thank you thank you so much nisim black rapper singer songwriter producer thank you so much for joining us here on jbs thank you And thank you, as always, to our director, Sloan Copeland, JBS Managing Director, Dara Golub, Technical Manager, Michael Paley, Transmissions Manager, John McDevitt, Producer, Carol Lilienthal, and Executive Producer, Mark S. Golub. And thank you for watching In the News.